On Throwback Thursday this summer, I'm going to share a sermon series I wrote on the letter to the Ephesians in 2018 at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I hope you find it helpful while I take a few days off here and there from writing. LRH Ephesians 1 1 14. It seems like everything is falling apart. Race, class, gender, ethnicity, language, religion, culture, party, take your pick. In a time when we seem to be more connected than ever, we are retreating into ever smaller cliques and cocoons. As the world widens, our vision narrows. We are headed toward 8 billion individual empires, all at war with one another. Life these days seems like a washer tied to the end of a string. As you swing that washer in a circle, you can feel it tugging to escape. The faster you twirl it, the harder the washer pulls. If you spin it fast enough, the washer and string may fly right out of your hand. The results can be destructive and even painful. Photo by Engen occurred on Pexels.com Physicists call that tugging centrifugal force. If you are interested, centrifugal force is defined as the apparent force, drawing a rotating body away from the center of rotation. If you were alert, you notice something in that definition. Centrifugal force, that urge to come apart, is only an apparent force. Something else is at work. Physicists call that something else centripetal force. This is the actual force acting on a body in curvilinear motion that is directed toward the center of curvature or the axis of rotation. No matter how it feels, the force holding things together is real. Why in the world have I given this lesson in basic physics? I want to focus on Ephesians 1 verse 10, gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. God pulls it all together in Jesus. That's the main theme in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We'll come back to that theme many times this summer. So it's worth saying again. God pulls it all together in Jesus. When it seems like everything is falling apart, that's some pretty good news. Honest preachers will tell you that we are often preaching to ourselves. The rest of you get to listen in. I imagine that was true for Paul as he wrote this letter. In chapter 3, verse 1, he reminds us of his situation. He is a prisoner for Christ Jesus. He's not exaggerating. Paul is under house arrest, awaiting trial in Rome. He is accused of treason because he obeys Jesus rather than Caesar. In a few months, an executioner will separate Paul's head from his body during the persecution of Christians in Rome. Paul has every reason to think everything is falling apart. He sits in jail while Christians are hounded from pillar to post. His church is in the eastern Mediterranean royal with conflict and division. The Roman Empire reels under the rule of Nero the narcissistic bully. During Nero's persecution, for example, Christians were covered with tar, tied to poles and used as human torches to light Nero's garden parties. It was hard to make sense of anything. And yet, Paul launches this letter with a magnificent prayer of blessing. How can he do this? Let's review our little physics lesson. This feeling of flying apart is not the real force in the universe. The real force is that which holds all things together. God pulls it all together in Jesus. God's plan has always been to fill this good creation to overflowing with God's unending love. That's the power that holds it all together. God has always planned to bless us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God has always planned to make creation flourish. We know this plan was delayed by sin, death and the devil. But delay is not defeat. In his prayer, Paul rehearses God's strategy. Through Jesus' life, death and resurrection, God rescues all of creation from sin, death and the devil. That rescue operation comes to a head in Jesus. 
the fake forces of division and destruction are defeated. That rescue operation continues in and through us, the body of Christ. God pulls it all together in Jesus. Jesus pulls it all together through us. God has chosen us in Jesus by grace to be part of that rescue plan. We aren't chosen for our own sake, says Tom Wright, but for the sake of what God wants to accomplish through us. How does this happen? Our part of God's plan begins in worship. Twice in these opening verses, Paul identifies our primary purpose in life. We are made, he says, to live for the praise of God's glory. We are most truly human when we live for the praise of God's glory. That kind of worship makes us more of what God created us to be. We have a great variety of fans here, black and gold, scarlet and cream, cardinal and gold, purple and gold, and more. Sundays in the fall are always interesting here. Even if I don't hear the scores, I can tell who has won just by how some of you walk in the door. If my team has won, I stand taller, smile bigger laugh louder. That victory makes us more than we are in defeat. That's what worship does for us when we live for the praise of God's glory. When you gaze in love and gratitude at the God in whose image you were made, Tom Wright reminds us, you do indeed grow. You discover what it means to be fully alive. Jesus leads us to that point in the Gospel reading as well. The Sabbath was made for human flourishing, not in order to fulfill some legal requirement. Worship makes us truly human. Rest makes us truly whole. God longs for us to live for the praise of God's glory because it is good for us. God pulls it all together in Jesus. In worship God pulls us to the center of all life, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. God does that by sending us the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Next time we will talk more about that power for living and loving. Pastor Lowell Hennigs